0: Coming up today on The Story. Immediately when I became a
1: Christian, you know, it was so exciting to me and it was so new to me that I just wanted everyone to know what I know now. And of course the first uh, neighbor to me uh, was our Czech community in Los Angeles. So I started immediately writing a book and uh, then the book actually arrived to the hands of the leader of the Czech
0: broadcasting of World Radio. The Story G'day, I'm Jimmy Colfax, welcome to The Story Well, today we have part two of Pavel and Clara Steiger's remarkable story Last time, we learned about how they grew up living under atheistic communism in what was then known as Czechoslovakia Also, we heard how they eventually became Christians after fleeing to the United States This time, we're going to hear how, through a series of circumstances that God orchestrated Pavel and Clara then go on to minister to people back in their home country without even being there. All that's coming up today is Pavel and Clara Steiger continue to retrace their life journey. Once again, they're chatting with Eric Scadabo in our Melbourne studios. Clara
2: and Pavel Steiger, welcome back to the program. Thank you. Hello, everyone. <laughs> now, last time on the program, we heard about your... Growing up in Czechoslovakia, life under communism, and then how you emigrated to the United States in 1969 after the Prague Spring experience that you had there. And then eventually you put your faith in Jesus Christ in Los Angeles. And then your life started to change slowly but surely. Can you? continue
1: the journey for us. Continuing the journey? Well, this was in 1978 and I was already 37 years old then, so I was not the youngest guy. I was not old, but not the youngest. And uh, immediately when I became a Christian, it was so exciting to me and it was so new to me that I just wanted uh, um, everyone to know what I know now. And of course, the first uh, neighbor to me uh, was our Czech community in Los Angeles because I mentioned last time that we were just getting together in that so-called hall and and just uh, camping out together. So I started immediately writing a book. I mean, wow. I, I, I just uh, uh, it took me for five years because I was growing uh, spiritually and so on. So from 78 till 84 it was actually published. So it's more than six years actually it took mm. before I finished that. And even now I probably am Not much uh, promoting the book because when I read it now, after twenty five years later, that's that's I I just don't want to even see myself, you know how how strange it was. But anyway, the Lord knows that I did it because my heart was really burning for the Czech people, so that's what we did, and then it was published uh, in nineteen eighty four and nineteen eighty four. Actually, I was transferred to. Jakarta, Indonesia, from Los Angeles hmm. to Jakarta, Indonesia, and uh, strange things happened. You know, I had a, a little Volkswagen, the camper, mm-hmm. and I always said I will publish this book even if it cost me the Volkswagen. That I will sell it, and for the money, we will publish it. And believe or not, it happened. Hmm. I was transferred to Indonesia. We had to get rid of the car, so we sold the Volkswagen, and actually, I took the check from the Volkswagen to the printer. I basically only endorsed it on the back and then I had to, about, a, little, yeah, a little bit a uh, little more, $100 about or 100, or, or $100 or $200 I had to add to the check mm. and it paid for the printing the book. So mm. for the Volkswagen we had the book and then it was uh, Send uh, around the Czech people and uh, and we and actually we moved to Indonesia and uh, Clara's brother who lives in Denver he actually was the one who was mailing out the book mm. and uh, then the book actually arrived to the hands of the leader uh, or manager of the Czech uh, broadcasting of Transworld Radio mm. and maybe now Clara could continue uh, what happened and when uh, when the leader of the or manager of the Czech broadcasting of Transworld Radio got ahead on the book.
3: Well, we got the first reaction from the Transworld Radio and it was a positive reaction mm-hmm. and uh, the request if we would like to try uh, to prepare the radio program for the broadcasting to Czechoslovakia. And we found out in Jakarta that there is a Christian studio. I think it was called Yasky. So Pavel wrote the first series of programs. Uh, we recorded them and then they were made to Monte Carlo and broadcast it and uh, uh, they were accepted and since that time we were regular on the air with Transworld Mm. Radio we were getting the responses from the listeners and they were asking for transcripts of the programs and so we said what we are going to do with transcripts, it's kind of an unusual way to publish uh, Mm. your programs so we decided that we will uh, edit the programs a little bit and then Mm -hmm. we created kind of small format uh, digest or or, uh, publicized magazine magazine, Mm -hmm. and we called it the battle for the soul Mm -hmm. and it had 24 pages and so we sent out the first about 50 copies and people reacted again and they wanted more. So, mm. we uh, we printed 100 of next issue and 200 of the next issue and it went on and it grew up that when we were leaving Indonesia, we were uh, printing about 3,000 magazines and it was difficult to get them into Czech Republic or Czechoslovakia then because the censors were just uh, controlling mm. all the mail coming in and so on. So, we had to be very creative. And with the help of many friends in Indonesia who traveled all around the world to their home countries or business-related trips and so on, they were hand-carrying always five envelopes Mm. to Australia or five envelopes to Singapore, five envelopes to other countries, and they were mailing them. We always had to do the hand-addressing that it would not be suspicious that Mm. it's any kind of bulk mailing. And Mm. then we had even some uh, diplomatic pouches were carrying Mm. our magazines into the country, so it was quite exciting. And at that time, we kind of knew that our heart is really in the ministry, and heart was kind of aching and burning for Czech people, so we were hoping that one of these days we could move back or move, let's say, to Austria and do the ministry from abroad Mm. and so on. But then came the end of the communism, and uh, we had the opportunity to make decision what to do next with our lives
1: mm-hmm. yeah i would like to say here that uh, jakarta was for us really a good place and uh, we grew up spiritually very much and our ministry actually grew up. So I was I was full-time employed for the oil company, mm-hmm. but all the spare time we spent basically on our ministry and in the local Baptist church and I was, uh, I became the teacher of the adult uh, Sunday school class and uh, you know, I gained the self-confidence over there because all the expatriates, the, the, the foreign engineers and workers and so on, they Used to be, let's say, from France or from from uh, uh, Netherlands or Canada or Australia or or from Sweden or from Switzerland. So quite a few of them. We all spoke English, but Mm -hmm. lots of them had the same accent as I had. See, Mm -hmm. and it uh, I always had a little bit, you know, the complex. How can I speak, you know, in front of the uh, native speakers, you know, whose mother tongue is English, and uh, you know, I cannot do it, you know in front of them but over there I, I gained this self-confidence because they spoke as as bad or as nicely as I, as I do see <laughs> and so and it, it just gave me the confidence and uh, and I started you know I, I easily couldn't preach and teach because I did not have the complex of my 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 bad English.
3: Hmm. <laughs> yes and then from then on uh, we knew that it's a desire of our heart to go into the ministry but we had little conditions you know, when you are kind of talking to the Lord what you would like to do and Mm. how to do it and so on. So at that time we we were... Just saying, yes, we would like to go to the ministry, but first uh, the children have to be out of college and then mm-hmm. we have to have the mortgage on the house paid off. And then it would be nice if we could get early retirement from the company and then to mm. have a health insurance and so on. And then came year 1989, and that was fall of the communism throughout the Eastern Europe, and we knew that it's a major event an opportunity for us just to move into a full-time ministry and so Pavel's uh, job was at the end, his project ended and we had the decision if to move back to the United States and see, look for another job within the company or to quit the company and uh, take the severance pay and leave and do what our heart desire is and that was a prayer of all our church friends that we would not get any job offer which would be too tempting to make (laughs) our decision very hard and so we left uh, the company and uh, we were looking for the mission where we should go and it did not work for us with Transworld Radio because Mm -hmm. it was only the radio mission and our mission was already or our ministry was already developed so far that we had the radio programs and the magazine and the contact with people and we would be limited in Transworld Radio so we seeked for another mission and we discovered HCJB Mm. and when we presented our dreams and goals and ideas and so on they always said oh that's a wonderful idea yeah, go for it, go for it, go mm. for it. We had absolutely no obstacles in our creativity. And so we were so excited to join the HCJB. And so for one year, we went to Quito, Ecuador to mm. know the mission better. And mm. then we kind of got a lot of inspiration there and the spiritual conditioning and everything was just so conductive. So mm. it was a marvelous experience to be there. And then from there, we moved after 23 years Back to our native country.
1: I just want to go back and uh, tell to the listeners one uh, one thing that, uh, as as uh, Clara, my wife, as she mentioned that uh, that we had quite a few conditions, you know, to go to full time ministry, mm-hmm. and. This is this is the problem when one has good life uh, uh, to make the to you know to make make the the decision is very tough it was easy to make for us the decision much well quite quite a bigger one uh, to leave our country and to go with nothing and, and to start new life while here in Jakarta we have quite nice life mm-hmm. and uh, so we just had the conditions. We have to pay it, pay it uh, all in full our home. We have to, I don't know, have the, uh, well, the kids out secure. of the college and so on. So all these conditions, and I just want to say to anybody who is listening that if we have too many conditions, we will never make the decision mm-hmm. and even if we fulfill the conditions, then there will be new conditions mm-hmm. and our life becomes so conditioned that we will never do what what we want to do. We just have to once for all just break off and unconditionally just start doing what we are called for or what we want to do. Mm -hmm. Because otherwise we will have always condition after condition and if they are fulfilled, we will always, our heart will always find another one just to postpone Mm -hmm. the decision. Mm -hmm. So this is the most important thing I learned for my life that if i want to do something it should be unconditional and even spiritually the love of the lord is unconditional Mm -hmm. and we have to forgive our neighbors and our our people who are around us unconditionally because if we put conditions we will never Mm -hmm. never forgive so that's we should live the unconditional life
3: Amen. And I think I think there are only uh, two qualifications for uh, the service for the Lord it's to be willing and available everything mm. else has to go aside mm. because without Amen. that we are just stumping the ground and not moving.
0: You're listening to The Story. Today, Eric Skadabo is once again chatting with Pavel and Clara Steiger, who were originally from the Czech Republic, and as we've been hearing, they've been able to minister to people in their home country without even being there. Also, we heard how they just joined an organisation called HCJB World Radio, which is an international shortwave radio ministry that is now known as Reach Beyond. As a side note, this conversation was recorded in our studio located in the Reach Beyond Australia headquarters in Melbourne. Eric met them in the hallway when they were getting a tour of the building and quickly got them into the studio for an interview. Well, we'll hear more of Pavel and Clara's story when we return. We're continuing with Eric Skadabo chatting with Pavel and Clara Steiger, who were originally from the Czech Republic. We heard before the break how they just joined the international shortwave ministry, HCJB World Radio, which is now known as Reach Beyond. This allowed them to continue their radio and print ministry into their home country. Next, we'll hear what happened after they finally decided to go into full-time ministry.
1: Yeah, it was in January 1990. And we ended up in uh, Miami, and you know I should probably say a little <laughs> story again of our <laughs> life here uh, in Jakarta. We were treated by the the oil company very royally. I mean, we had a very beautiful home. Company paid for it, you know. I, there was the marble stairwell, you know, and and huge uh, rooms and so on, and and it was really something. We had even the chauffeur, that we had oh, the, wow. the driver, you know, and so. And now, and I always dreamt, you know, to have a a little uh, um, uh, mobile home and um, a house, you know, on the wheels and mm-hmm. then travel when I retire all, all over America. And it, basically, what what happened when we came to HCJB, they just placed us into a mobile home, you know, made of cardboard. You can imagine how it looks like. And my wife, she laughed so much, you know. Now, finally, your dream came true <laughs> from marble to cardboard, you know, just <laughs> or two by fours, you know, or, or you can imagine uh, those those uh, hollow uh, ho- hollow yes. walls, you know, and uh, uh, yeah. okay. I,
3: I would like to back up uh, one step. Uh, to Indonesia yet uh, as Pavel mentioned that we had all the household help and so mm-hmm, on so mm-hmm. we had um, the helpers which work on the outside of the house and the chauffeur and the guard and so on and inside we had the housekeeper and the cook mm-hmm. and so on and it was a couple and uh uh, both of them became believers and it was an incredible story because, you know, once you have the household help, they are, they, you are like one family, mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. one who does your underwear, knows everything about <laughs> you and and so they observed how we lived, who are our friends, how we behave, what we do in our spare time, how we manage them and so on. And when we did all this mailing of the magazine, they were helping, they were mm-hmm. stuffing the envelopes and sealing the envelopes and putting the stamps on and so on. And they just were so touched by all what they saw Mm. that one day Suchi came to us and she said, I would like to have the same religion as you have. Hmm. and so she was the first one so we took her to the Baptist church the Kebayoran Baru in, in Jakarta and um, she became a beautiful, beautiful believer and then later on her husband followed up and they were both baptized and so on so that was, that was our highlight when we were leaving Indonesia and then we went back about three times and so we met with them again and it was, it was a beautiful outcome hmm.
2: Wonderful. So what a lot of people might not realize is that in Jakarta, Indonesia within the expatriate
3: Community. English-speaking community.
2: Mm. There is a vibrant Christian church there.
3: Oh yes, yes. at least used to yes. be. We have not been and in Jakarta yes. for a
1: long, long
2: time. And
3: it was it was uh, the local church, the Indonesian church, and expat church together. Mm. We had the service the shared services. There. Oh, so
2: there was Indonesian. Yes, there yes, as well. and well, a lot of Indonesians
3: they, were coming into the English-speaking church to practice their English and so on. Mm-hmm. So we were involved with them in the different Bible studies and social groups and so on. So there was a good interaction. Mm-hmm. Actually, Indonesians are very communicative and very curious people, very kind, and so we had a great time together.
2: Let me just kind of review the globetrotting that you've gone through. From Czechoslovakia to the United States... From Idaho to Los Angeles in California, and then was Denver in between. Denver in between, <laughs> <just> <laughs> yes. that one. Other, yeah. Then, then we went to Jakarta, Jakarta Indonesia.
3: Then to Ecuador. From
2: Jakarta to Ecuador.
3: Then back to US for a few months, and then back to Czech Republic or Czechoslovakia. Then,
1: okay. So
2: let's find out what happened when you went back to Czechoslovakia. Okay.
1: So then from Jakarta uh, I quit the job and then uh, from the secular job I mean, and then we went into, into full-time ministry with HCJB World Radio. And of course we spent the first uh, year in the, in the quito ecuador mm-hmm. actually we moved completely it was on equator but exactly yeah. on the other side of the globe you know oh, is that right yeah yes. jakarta and quito it's they are antipods you know so if
2: you stuck a pin
3: directly yes, through exactly. the
1: middle of the uh, center of the globe yes. then we would from quito you will uh, you will just uh, <laughs>
3: appear, uh, appear in,
1: in, in jakarta a <laughs> yeah that's so, so could we just could dug move. a hole yeah, yes. yeah. <laughs> we couldn't we couldn't move farther actually see yeah, So so we moved to, to Quito, Ecuador for one year and we were creating uh, for one year the, the Czech programs uh, because the Czech programming was going weekly I mean every day daily, uh, yeah. daily was the program in Czech and Slovak language so we were just in charge of and that. that and we actually uh, got touch with the HCJB people with the, who is HCJB what it is about, mm-hmm. what is the ministry so it was excellent experience Experience for us to know the mission and to know that this is the proper mission.
3: Yes, and then when we came to uh, Czechoslovakia, then uh, we were basically starting the new world office for HCJB. At that time, uh, number of world offices around the Eastern Europe were starting to uh, do the ministry. So, we continued in our uh, radio programming, then the magazine, Mm -hmm. and uh, uh, later on in about year 2000, I think 2000 or 2002, the Czech broadcasting from Quito was ceased because uh, there was no more need for the shortwave broadcasting because when the communism fell, there was a freedom and, of course, even the religious freedom had uh, the big advances and so on. So, we were able to Uh, place our programs on the secular uh, radio station and so on so later on we developed uh, the web pages ministry Mm -hmm. and so on and um, uh, later on we employed two, two full time people and some volunteers and so on and it was kind of Growing ministry and exciting ministry, which is reaching now even the foreign countries with the mm. internet and web pages. We have even the listeners and readers in Australia mm. and all around the world. So it's kind of, um, with the help of technology, two people can do a lot of things. Wow, that's Lots <laughs> of
1: <brutal> damage, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I probably would add one other thing. The whole salvation, which I found out in the Bible, just remind me of one episode when I was a small guy. I, I, I think I was in the first or second grade. I was six, seven, eight years old. I was uh, at, at, during the summer vacation at the uh, home of my uncle, and it was a hot day. And the asphalt on the road was, you know, uh, quite soft. And I was playing with my fingers, you know, in the asphalt. And then I was, I, the black stuff got on on my fingers and my hands. And then it spread all over the body because I tried, you know, cleanse myself. And I was only in the trousers, you know. Mm-hmm. So so then I got it over all my body. Then I started crying. I just ran to the to the creek and I started to wash it. And you know what the cold water will do. The the asphalt actually hardly on me, and so I was black all over, Mm. and I couldn't get rid of it, and I came to my uncle's place, and he just laughed at me, and he said, it will stay forever with you, Mm. then I started crying even more, so he just uh, teased me, and and, uh, for a while, you know, and then he took me to the garage, and he he just took a turpentine, Mm -hmm. and the turpentine started dissolving the asphalt, and the turpentine became black, see, Mm. and it cleansed me, the outside agent, the, the Chemical agent, mm-hmm. in, and it's somehow. I recollect this 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 episode that this is basically what the Bible says that that I am dirty of the tar of the asphalt mm-hmm. that's my sin and if I start cleansing myself then I only spread the, the the sin all over me and if somebody comes to me and started cleansing me with his hands he would be only infected by the tar by the mm-hmm. by the sin mm-hmm. and and he is actually full of tar as well and the more we cleanse ourselves if one start uh, cleansing the other one what basically mean that's the that's the religion of the of the new age actually i was i was in then actually we all are infected by the tar by the asphalt and i completely started understanding that there had to be the personal outside agent not the chemical agent, but Mm -hmm. the personal outside agent who is Christ who actually sucked in who dissolved the sin the tar, the black stuff into himself. Mm -hmm. He became actually uh, dirty or he became sin for us Mm -hmm. and this way, this was the only way I was uh, Cleansed. So it it was not because I tried to cleanse myself with the water or with uh, with my hands or whatever. It never worked. Only the dissolving the tar, dissolving my sin, that He became the Christ, became sin for us. It is the only way how we can be cleansed and uh, stand clean in white robes in front of our or before our Father. Amen. Amen.
0: That was the conclusion of Eric Scatabo's two part conversation with Pavel and Clara Steiger, who are originally from the Czech Republic and have been able to minister to people back in their home country as part of HCJB World Radio, now known as Reach Beyond. For more information on this ministry, you can go to the website of the Australian office. It's reachbeyond.org.au. Once again, that's Reach Beyond. Finally, I think Pavel ended with a beautiful illustration of our sins being like tar on the road and Jesus being like turpentine that washes us clean. It reminds me of several verses in the Bible where it says the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. And if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You see, Jesus is the great purifier. Well, if you'd like your sins to be forgiven and to be washed clean as pure snow, please give us a call. Our prayer line is 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's one eight hundred double 772 We'd love to pray for you on that number, one eight hundred double seven two nine three six. 772 936 Well, thanks for joining us for the conclusion of Pavel and Clara Steiger sharing their story. Until next time, I'm Jimmy Colfax encouraging you to share your story with someone today.